This is how we roll. Hey, everybody, good morning. Welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, great to have you with us this morning. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, how, many, uh, how many Patriot fans do we have in the room this morning? Okay. <laughs> you know what? First service. Chir I mean, crickets chirping. It was, it was amazing. Okay, how many uh, Seahawks fans do we have? Okay, we'll see what happens. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you are here on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we're in this series entitled, This is How We Roll. And uh, what it's all about is that, you know, every business, every sports team, every family, even every church has a way of doing things, has a culture about them. And so over the last several weeks, what we're doing is looking at the purposes of the church and then talking about them as how it relates to Coastal and how we roll here. Uh, we opened the series uh, two weeks ago talking about uh, evangelism and reaching out. Uh, we used the parable of the prodigal son and said that the heart of God is bent toward wayward sons and wayward daughters who come home. And we gave you that, that you know, don't ever forget that image of God just running in full strength with arms outstretched, waiting to embrace those people who will simply turn around and come home. Then last week uh, was Life Group Sunday. We had a lot of fun with that. And uh, remember, everybody who came in the room, we gave you a what? Do you remember last week? A Lego. Everybody got a Lego because just like Legos, we are to be what? What's the word? Connected, very good, and uh, we, we gave you a chance to go and uh, sign up for life groups, and uh, last week, over 260 adults signed up uh, for life groups this semester, so that's awesome. We're excited about that. Hey, and by the way, uh, we also got to vote on uh, all the, the best uh, booths and snacks and uh, most creative, best sales pitch, most informative. Uh, we, believe it or not, we only had two winners because one group ran away with the votes, okay, ran away with the votes. And we, we gave, uh, well, we did have another winner. Uh, it was the Daniel Plan group. Uh, it was most, uh, they were most informative. And uh, so we, we were able to give that prize in the first service. And uh, this is the only year in the last, like, three years that I think we've done this that I did not win Best Snack. Okay, so, but I didn't have barbecue this year. I gave up the barbecue, and I went in the last minute, just did wings, so I think that's part of it. And, uh, but it took three women to beat me because the Monday Night Women's Group won uh, every, every, other, every other category. So most creative, best overall. So uh, this morning with Megan German, uh, Jennifer Schroeder, and I don't know if Carol Wessel's in the service. Right? She's, okay, well, th will those women come? There she is right there. Okay, very good. So those women come forward. We have a gift for you. Check out this little gift bag, first of all. Coastal gift bag. We give those away at our membership class, so join the church, you'll get one. Anyway, um, but they're new, and they've been at Coastal for a long time, so they've never gotten one of these. So there's a gift bag, but inside the gift bag, uh, they can check this out. There's a $50 Visa gift card. Uh, there's a, a free dozen donuts. There's a Starbucks gift card. There's a new car. No, I'm just teasing. Not that. Anyway. <laughs> There's none of that. No, there, there is. There's some great stuff in there. So check that out. So another round of applause for our great groups. They did a great job. Uh, so last week we talked about getting connected. And that's how we roll here. It's all about uh, community and getting connected. Today I want us to talk about generosity. Uh, I want to talk about um, this is how we roll here at Coastal. We believe that God has called us to be a generous church filled with generous people. Now, when you came in this morning, last week everybody got a Lego. Today when you came in, everybody got a what? 
dollar bill. Okay, let me tell you a little story about the dollar bill. First of all, I went to the bank this week. I talked to our treasurer. We talked about all this. And, and I went and withdrew $400. And so I went to the bank and said, hey, I need to withdraw $400. But I want it all in ones. <laughs> okay, now, when I said that, she kind of looked up and looked at me. She said, what? And so I, I want it all in dollar, like $1 bills. And she goes, seriously? I was like, and it's Friday afternoon. And you know what she was thinking. Because, like, everybody in the bank, they all kind of turned and looked at me. And they're all thinking, you're going to some seedy strip club, you know. And so I was like, no. And in my head, I'm going, no, baby, we're going to make it rain at Coastal. So I was thinking, you know. So anyway, uh, this is another one of the, the passages of Scripture that I want us to look at. Just hold on to your dog. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um. The passage I want us to look at today really is another one of those core passages, you know, of our church. One of those passages we ought to look at regularly. It's a story of Jesus, one of his parables. He's the great storyteller. And uh, this is one of the few times where he actually tells the story and then he explains it in the moment. Because most of the time he didn't do that. He would tell a story, tell a parable. And then like later on when he was alone with the disciples, he would tell them what it meant. He would explain it to them. Well, he doesn't do that here. This is different. Luke chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. It's on your outline, on the screen. You can look in your Bible if you have it with you. Jesus told his disciples, There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and he asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any longer. Now, here's the situation. There's a wealthy guy. He'd hired a, a money manager to manage his, his finances. So evidently, this guy was in charge of his entire uh, estate. Uh, you know, he probably was the guy responsible for paying all the bills, for uh, managing payroll, making wise investments. So rumors started going around that this money manager that he had hired had become irresponsible and wasteful. So word get, gets back to the wealthy owner. He calls the manager in, and he says, hey, I want you to close out whatever accounts are open, finish whatever business you're doing, and by the end of today, you're going to turn over everything because you're fired. Okay? Verse 3. The manager said to himself, what shall I do? And I want you to notice the next word here. This is important. What shall I do what? What does he say? Now. now. Because throughout this parable, Jesus uses some words here that deal with time. Okay, time. And time is very important, a very important element of understanding money, of understanding generosity from Jesus' perspective. So he says, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I, I'm ashamed to beg. So he, he basically is looking into the future, and he realizes, oh, no. I got just a little bit of time, and I have a little bit of opportunity. Just a, a, a real, you know, real short window here. And so he starts thinking, he starts brainstorming. So what am I going to do with my little bit of time and my little bit of opportunity so that when I no longer have a job here, when I'm no longer employed, I'm still going to be taken care of? Because I'm not strong enough to dig ditches, I'm too proud to beg, and I got a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity. So how am I going to exploit this? How am I going to be able to use this time and this opportunity so that when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, I'm going to be taken care of. I'm going to be okay. Now, 
he comes up with a plan. Verse 4, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will still welcome me into their houses. Now, notice what he does. Verse 5, so he called in each one of his master's debtors, all the people, you know, who owed his boss money. And he asked the first one, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and let's make it 400. Wow. Now, what do you think the debtor is thinking at this point? I mean, the guy who owed the 800, you know, gallons of olive oil. I mean, he's got to be thinking, wow. You know, what lottery did I win today, right? I mean, it was 800. You're making it 400. Man, sure, that's great. And if you ever need anything, if I can ever do anything for you, hey, you just let me know. Now, you can see the money manager thinking, you bet I will, right? You know, absolutely I will. Verse 7. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill, and let's make it 800. And again, you can see this guy thinking, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I mean, if I could ever repay the favor to you, I'll be happy to do it. Man, you just give me a call. Now, at this point in the parable, everybody who's there, you know, all the disciples and everybody else who's listening to Jesus, they've already kind of got it figured out in their head who the villain of the story is. I mean, they've already got it figured out that, okay, this, this you know, nasty, irresponsible, dishonest, uh, you know, money manager, he's the bad guy in the story, right? Obviously. But then notice verse 8. The master commended the dishonest manager. Why? Because he had acted what? What's the word? Shrewdly. He commended him. In other words, here's this guy. He'd been given just a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity, but he leveraged, he, he used that time and that window to his advantage so that things were going to work out good for him down the road, in the future. And, and the owner who had originally hired him recognized what he'd been doing throughout the day. He said, okay, hey, that was pretty shrewd. You know, you should have been doing that for me the whole time, Right? Now, again, you've got to picture this. You know, how many of you have ever watched um, the show The Apprentice with Donald Trump? You watch that show? I mean, it's, it's, it's been on for a while now. You, you can almost kind of see Donald Trump in this scenario pulling a stunt like this. You know, talking to the guy at the end of the, you know, at the end of the episode. It's like, okay, you're dishonest. You know, you, you've only looked out for yourself. You, you completely took advantage of a situation, you know, a, a mistake of your own making. Not bad, you know, pretty shrewd. You would see like a, a Donald Trump kind of a guy saying that. Now, at this point, Jesus kinds of, he kind of pulls out of the parable and he explains it for everybody. And, and in doing so, he gives us a window. He gives us God's perspective on the use of our stuff, our money, our possessions, of being generous. Verse 8. For the people of this world are more, here's the word again, shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Now, in other words, Jesus is really just kind of making a, you know, a, a pretty obvious, you know, generalization. But, you know, he's saying, hey, he's making the point that, you know what, many times the people of this world 
I mean, the people who live in this present world are, are a lot of times more shrewd with their money than the people of God, than the people who live in the light. I mean, that's probably a, a pretty good, you know, true generalization many times. Verse 9, I tell you, use worldly wealth. Now, stop right there for a second. I want to talk about this little word or this phrase, worldly wealth. In Greek, the word there is the word mammon. And, and what it refers to, it refers to our possessions, our property, our assets. In other words, it refers to all of our stuff. Say that with me. All of our stuff. Whether it's your money, your furniture, your CD collection, your house, your home, your golf clubs, your abilities, your talents, all of that. It means everything that you have, your stuff. Now, back to verse 9, he says, I tell you, use your stuff to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is all gone, in other words, when your stuff is all gone, you're going to be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, believe it or not, I mean, this is a, an amazing, powerful teaching that Jesus is giving here. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Number one, two things. Number one, everything we have is a tool. If you're taking notes, write that down. Everything we have is a tool. Everything you possess, not just your money, okay? It's, this is so much bigger than that. All of your stuff, all of your possessions are a tool. And Jesus was saying, I want you to use your stuff I want you to leverage your stuff to make friends for yourself in this life so that when your stuff is gone, when you walk into heaven, when you go into eternity, okay, this is an amazing thought. He says, there are going to be people there that are going to welcome you, welcome you into heaven because of how you used your stuff. That you're going to be in heaven one day, and somebody's going to walk up to you and go, hey, hey, man, how's it going? And you're like, hi, do I know you? You know, are you like a famous Bible character? We haven't been introduced yet. And, and uh, the guy's going to go, no, 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 I'm, I'm Fred. Don't you remember? You see, you gave to that, to that mission trip that your, your church sent those kids to, you know, that inner city. And man, they were such an encouragement, such an encouragement and a help to the pastors there, the pastors who were serving. And one of those pastors introduced me to Jesus. And I guess what I'm saying is that ultimately I'm here because you gave. Thank you. Now, don't ask, you know, how it's all going to play out because the Bible doesn't give the details. Jesus doesn't tell us. But it does say that when you and I begin to see everything that we have as a tool, and we begin to use and invest all of our stuff, all of our possessions, all of our things with an eye toward the future, with an eye toward eternity, the Bible says that that, that stuff, that's here today and all gone tomorrow. 
it's being transferred into some sort of eternal value system. In fact, at one point, we'll talk about this later, Jesus said in Matthew 6, it's like storing up or laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Now, listen to me. Everything that you think you own, everything that I have, from God's perspective, okay, your, your house, your car, your truck, your retirement, your big TV screen that you're going to be watching the Super Bowl on today, your computer, all of it. God sees it all as a tool. And, and we're being instructed here by Jesus to use all of our stuff, all of the resources that we have to plan ahead for eternity. You see, what, what I'm talking about here and how we roll here at Coastal, this is, this is not just about, you know, putting money in the offering plate. Don't, don't miss this. This is so, so much more than, you know, just tossing a few bucks in the plate at church because it's not just the money that belongs to God. Are you ready for this? Everything you have, everything on this planet belongs to God. And since it all belongs to God, God is saying, as my manager, and that's what you are, that's what I am. It's all on loan, okay? You work for God. As his manager, he says, I want you to use it to help further the kingdom of God. I want you to use it to help further the mission of God. So here's the challenge. Here's the point that Jesus is making. When you and I look at everything we have, when you evaluate all that you've been given, will you ask yourself this question? Lord, how can I use what you have given me to influence people for you? How can I use whatever it is that I have so that it makes a difference for you in the kingdom of God? How can I use this thing, this truck, this sewing machine, this home, this stuff, whatever it is in such a way that when I die and all the stuff is gone, and by the way, that is going to happen, right? Everybody in this room, you know, the, the, uh, the death rate in our country is still right around 100%, okay? Everybody's dying, and all of our stuff one day is going to go. I mean, you can't take it with you, right? And so when all of my stuff is gone, and I'm gone, will there be anything eternal to show for all the things that were once in your care? Now, what is so cool about this is that we happen to be made up of a church we have to be made up of people here at Coastal, so many people who do get this. I mean, so many of you, you really, really get this. You not only generously support the, the ministry here financially, but so many of you understand that it's bigger than that, it's greater than that, that you're just a manager of all of God's things. And so you open up your home for people, you, you, you open up your home maybe for life groups. You're generous with your stuff. You're generous with your cars. You, you've donated your time, your skill, your abilities, all kinds of things, all because you love Jesus. 
And that's how we roll. I mean, it's so encouraging to me to see how many people in our church get this. That it's not just money. That everything we have belongs to God. And I just want to leverage what God has given me to make an eternal impact for the cause of Jesus. You see, here's the question that this text is asking. If Jesus says that everything that I have is a tool, and I got a little bit of time, and I got a little bit of opportunity, what is the best way to leverage my stuff? What's the best way to leverage my home or my, our dining room table or my money, my, my gifts, my baking, my fishing, my golfing, my, my sewing? I mean, when it's all said and done, when I'm gone and all of it is gone, how am I going to have influence on the other side of this life to welcome me into heaven because of how I use what I have? And the good news is we got so many people here at Coastal who do give this. I want to share one little story I just heard this morning. Today, obviously, Super Bowl Sunday, and we've been encouraging people, hey, bring Bring non-perishables, bring food to help stock our pantry. Listen, uh, because we feed a lot of people here in our community, by the way. We help hurting people. And uh, today I just heard a story how um, a little seven-year-old girl, Kylie Schroeder, had a birthday party recently. And instead of getting her friends to bring uh, presents, you know what she said? She told her friends, bring canned goods because we're going to take them to our church and we feed people in our community. Isn't that awesome? So all these girls and all these kids brought you know, canned goods to bring today, you know, to help feed people in our community. A seven-year-old gets it. Now, she has a heart of gold. Most of you would be thinking, man, if I did that, maybe I'd get more stuff, right? That's what we'd be thinking, right? Anyway, not her. She has a heart of gold. But the rest of us, we don't. But anyway, uh, but, she, but she gets that. Do you get it? Everything I have is a tool. You know, the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It all belongs to him. Now, check this out. Jesus goes on. It's because it's not just a tool. Number two, everything we have is a test. It's a test. In what way? Verse 10. And, and again, it's almost like Jesus kind of changes the subject on us a little bit. And he says, okay, whoever can be trusted with, with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest, you know, who can't be trusted with very little, is also going to be dishonest with much. Now, again, what in the world is he talking about? What does he mean? Well, keep reading. He says, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, and again, that's, there's that phrase again, mammon, it means all of your stuff, everything, right? It means everything. If you've not been trustworthy in handling all of your stuff, who is going to trust you with true riches? Now, where is he going here? Now, and I want you to pick up on another little phrase here, very little, because he, he uses that twice, right? You know, very little and much. I mean, now, when I look at what I have, I mean, when I evaluate my stuff, you know, clothes, clothes food, vehicles, a home, I mean, the truth is, you drop that scenario in just about anywhere in the world today, in most places in the world, I'm rich. And so are you. So what, I mean, who exactly is Jesus describing here and what does he mean? Well, again, let's go back to that phrase, worldly wealth. In verse 11, 
what do we say it means? It means everything, right? Everything we own, all of our stuff. Now, hang on to that. And then in verse 12, it says, and if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's stuff, with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Now, I think the disciples are starting to get it here because if you put it all together, this is what Jesus seems to be saying. Follow this. In this life, listen to me, in this life, at best, this is what Jesus seems to be saying, you'll have very little, okay? In this life, at best, you will only have riches, stuff, things that are temporary, that don't last, that are not secure. In this life, at best, you're never really going to have anything of your own. And it really doesn't matter, by the way, how much you amass. It's still very little. Why? Because it all belongs to who? God. And he's the standard. In other words, here in this life, it doesn't matter how much you think you got. Because compared to him, it's still just very little. It all belongs to God. And God is saying, Jesus is saying here to his listeners, as your Lord, as your Savior, I'm watching you. I'm watching how you use my stuff. I'm watching what you do with the little. Because if you're faithful with the little, then you can be trusted in the real life to come with much, with true riches. Folks, we got to get this, okay? We got to get this. Because when it's all said and done, and one day it will all be said and done, your little bit of time will be over, your stuff will be gone, you will stand before God in eternity, and you got two questions you got to be accountable for. One is, hey, what did you do with Jesus? Now the right answer is I put my faith and trust in him and him alone, and I asked him to forgive me and be the Lord and Savior of my life. That's question number one, and that's the right answer for number one. But question number two is this. If you get that one right, God wants to look at us as believers and say, okay, now that's great. Now let me ask you, what did you do with all of my stuff? How did you leverage it? How did you use it for the kingdom? Because it's a tool and it's a test. It's a test that reveals whether or not you really are committed to Jesus. Because what did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount about our stuff? Do you remember? He says, hey, if you want to know where your heart is, if you really want to know where your heart is, all you got to do is look two places, your bank account and your calendar. How you spend your money and how you spend your time. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, listen to this. Jesus said, hey, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. And then here it is. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. You know, one of the, one of the really ridiculous questions that so many people ask, you know, watch the, the video about Jesse and John, when they start talking about giving, well, how much, Pastor Chris? I mean, bottom line it for me, what... What is the acceptable amount before God? And like, and, and they want to know, like, kind of want to know how, how much they can get away with giving and still be okay. Wrong question. 
Because it's so much deeper than that. Don't you get it? It's about your heart. In other words, you know, God owns it all. Our heart is reflected by what we do with all of it. All of our stuff. It's a test. What if we really believe this? What if we really believe that, you know, hey, no matter how much we, we amass, no matter how much stuff we collect, I mean, I don't care if you're Bill Gates or, you know, Mark Cuban, I mean, roll them all up into one. It's still, it's still just a very little from God's perspective. I mean, no matter how fine a thing you think you might own, from God's perspective, it's not going to last. And it's not yours. It's his. And so, He's watching. He's watching you. He's watching. Hey, what are you going to do with the little? What are you going to do with the temporary? What do you do with the stuff that's not really yours anyway? Because everything you have, it's just a tool and it's just a test. Look at verse 13. Because no one can serve two masters. Either you're going to hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and, what does it say here? It says money, but guess what? It's the word mammon. And you know what he's saying? In other words, you can't serve God and all your stuff. Now, everybody do me a favor. Everybody go ahead and get your dollar bill out. Everybody get your dollar bill out. Wave it up in the air. Okay, everybody's got a dollar, unless somebody's been shrewd and collected dollars on your row already. Okay, now, what I want you to do is I want you to hold your dollar in the opposite hand from where your watch is. If you have a watch, I want you to hold your watch. If you don't have a watch in that other hand, I want you to hold your phone. Whatever it is that you check to see what time it is, your watch or your phone. So everybody should have a dollar bill in one hand and your watch or your phone in another hand. Now, here's the deal. Everybody in this room has just a little bit of what? A little bit of time. And no matter how much you have, we all compared to God still have just a little bit of what? The money. The question is, are you willing, just like this unjust steward that the master praised, are you willing to leverage, to use the little bit of time you've been given and the little bit of money that you've been given for something that has eternal kingdom significance? You, you've got a little bit of time and a little bit of money. Now, here's what we do, though. This is funny, and this has got to be so silly from God's perspective, okay? What we, what we end up doing is we look at somebody else and say, he's got what? A lot of money, right? He, I wish I had how much money he has because I only have a little bit of money. They got more money than me. Or, or then we do this, wow, I wish I had their schedule they have so much time on their hands. I wish, you know, boy, I'm so crazy. It's so hectic. Listen to me for a second. That's the wrong perspective. Because from God's perspective, no matter how much you think you have on this earth, how much time you think you have left, or how much money you think you have, it is all just a little bit. You are passing through. You and I are just, we are, we are missionaries on a mission here, passing through. This is not our home. And the question is, will I begin to view all of this and all of this as a tool and as a test? 
Because that's an indication to God to whom I really belong and whom I really serve. Am I willing to stop overextending myself for things that I want so that I can begin to live generously and invest in the things that will make a difference in the world to come? Listen, this is how we roll here. This is what I'm praying for you and for our church. This is not, this is so much bigger than just money in an offering plate. I'm praying that God will do something in your heart so that you will live your life thinking everything in heaven and on earth is yours, Lord. It all belongs to you. And it all comes from you. May I view everything that you have loaned me as a tool and as a test for your kingdom. Man, what if God did that in your heart and in mine and in this church? I mean, imagine what we could do for his kingdom. That's my prayer. That's how we roll. That's what's important here. That's the heart of this church. And so when you go home today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around at your stuff. And I want you to look at your schedule. I mean, look, look at all of it. I mean, you go home, you start thinking. This car, this dining room table, this, this cupboard, this, these, these golf clubs, this, you know, uh, this truck. These tools, this money. Okay, God, if it's all a tool, show me how to use it for your kingdom. Show me how I could invest it in kingdom purposes for your glory. And then, every time you check the time this week, you know, every time you pick up a dollar bill, Every time you, uh, you know, give somebody your debit card or, or uh, you, you hand someone, you open up your wallet, I want you to think something. I got just a little bit of time, and I got just a little bit of money. How am I going to leverage it for the kingdom? Coastal, that's how we roll. That's the heart of this church. That's where generosity flows from. It's not about legalism. It's not about, it's, it's your heart. And if God owns that, he'll own this and he'll own that. Hey, this morning, you know, the issue might be, you know, maybe you're having a hard time, like, you know, John and Jesse said, releasing, go, you know, letting go of stuff or things or money because you've never settled the first and most important issue. You've never given God your heart. Man, why don't you do that today? Why don't, you, why don't you start living for the kingdom today? Why don't you start recognizing that it's all God's and, and you know, I have a purpose greater than myself. You know, you can do that today. And it's, it starts by giving your heart to God. You know, it's that picture of God, as I said last week in Luke 15, of the, the Father running with open arms, wet, ready and waiting to greet us. 
if we would simply turn around and come home. And you could do that today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. God, thank you for, God's amazing how you entrust us with all of the stuff, all of the things of life, our time, our talents, our treasures. God, I pray today that we would become the church and the people that you've called us to be, a generous church, a generous people, because we see everything as a tool and a test, just a little bit of time and a little bit of money to make the greatest impact possible. Father, help us to do that. Maybe today there's someone whose first step is giving you their heart. Listen, if you're here today and you're ready to come home, if you're ready to, uh, to be a part of the family of God, to be forgiven, to be made brand new, to have a fresh start, it is as simple and easy as a prayer. It's not about cleaning up your life so God will accept you. It's that God accepts you and he cleans up your life. Cooperate with him today. Participate. Say, Father, forgive me. Today I want to come home. I have rebelled. I've walked away from you. I have pushed you out of my life. But today, Father, forgive me. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you gave him, sacrificed him generously for my sins as the payment for my wrongdoing. He went to the cross for me. But he rose from the dead to prove his love and his power over sin and death. And he is alive. And today I believe it. Put all my trust, my hope, no longer in me or my stuff or things or my own self-righteousness, but in Jesus and in him alone. And for the rest of my days, I simply want to follow him. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.